I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. We're hosting your select for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Trade season! <laughs> it's trade season. Oh, man. Uh, let's get Thunder stuff out of the way, and then we'll spend yeah, the rest. Yeah, let's get those. Let's get the Thunder out of the way. Get out of the way, Thunder, with your <laughs> Orlando Magic game last night, and a game where. I, I feel like the stars of the show were the uh, NBA referees. They yeah, called seriously. so many fouls. Uh, Terrence Ferguson fouled out. Dennis Schroeder fouled out. They called a double delay of game. <laughs> it's like the whole time. I was just like, what is going on here? I just thought it was a really poorly officiated game. Uh, it was fast paced. It was. It was fun at times. The Thunder were down by as many as 12 to this Magic team that is not very good. Uh, they were just on fire. They The Thunder didn't play good defense in the first half. They had like one little spurt in the second quarter, but for the most part in the first half, they just didn't show up. They were not engaged on the defensive end. Uh, second half was a different story. Uh, they were super good. Schroeder again uh, was his normal self in the second half. He was awesome. Uh, Paul George had... 39 points on 26 shots. He was 15 of 16 from the free throw line last night. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a 15-15-15 game. Is that a yeah. thing? Yeah. Is that yep, a thing? It is. Okay. It is. People are talking about it online. They're really oh, into they it, too. Okay. Yeah. No, they're not. No one cares. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't know where this is happening, but cool. Um, <laughs> they will be now. Yeah. You brought it up. That's a that's a cool thing. Like uh, as much as people love to just downplay all this and act like it's nothing. I mean, I just think that we're going to look back in 10 years or 15 years and be like, "Can you believe Russell Westbrook was doing that?" Because I don't here I don't see anybody else doing this. We have talked about this until we're just vomiting everywhere, but uh <laughs> like it's this is a crazy thing that a point guard's doing to get 15 rebounds i mean it's a big deal when like a starting center gets 15 rebounds when your starting point guard is getting 15 rebounds averaging double digit rebounds a game i mean that's a big deal and then you know he had seven turnovers as well um i didn't think he played great i don't think the thunder had a great game you can look at the stats and be like oh 39 points for paul george i did think jeremy grant played a great game he had 19 points 11 boards adams was 14 and 4 Westbrook had the weird. 15 15. Yeah, he had a weird game. Um, Ferguson had finished with 10 points, but fouled out. Uh, and then, like, the bench, like, he had 11 from Nader and 20 from Schroeder. Like, all those sound great, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, yeah, they did not play very well. They've shot the ball well. They've turned into, like, a really good offensive team uh, out of nowhere, it seems, because when we were talking about them in December, it was like, well, they're just never going to beat teams. Uh, with their offensive firepower, like they just don't have enough. And now it's like, well, that's kind of how they're beating teams right now. Yeah. They, they kind of toyed with Orlando last night 
and it was, it was sort of enjoyable. Like <laughs> even when they fell behind, I wasn't too worried. Yeah. And then they made that nice run in the third quarter. And yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's hard to know what to say about these type of games. And thankfully we're running out of these type of games Yeah, because how much can you really learn from beating Orlando? Like who, who cares? This Orlando team has been so just strange now for five years. Yeah. Like I still, I still have no idea what to think about them, but luckily you look ahead at the schedule and we're about to get a bunch of games where we will probably be learning things. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't learn a ton last night, but Andrew, I have a bunch of stats for you. A bunch stats. of stats from the last nine games. Uh, you know the Thunder's record during those nine games, right? Eight and one. <laughs> Great job. You got the yep. first one right. Thank okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so, so these are just stats from these last nine games. This first one, I just want to see if you could guess who there, – there are five players, five Thunder players who are shooting over 40% from three mm-hmm. during this stretch. Okay. How many do you think you could name? And if you could guess – who would you throw out as your number one that you would guess? The guy who shot the best? Yeah, from three point. Uh, T. Ferg? No, Dennis Schroeder. Mm. Dennis Schroeder shooting 56.4% from three in the last nine games. That seems sustainable. And what that means is that after last night's game, he is officially over 36% from three for Holy the season. Because he was like 31 yeah, at one exactly. point. exactly. I was surprised, but I, I saw that stat and I was like, whoa, what is his season average now? And yeah, it's jumped like three percentage points yeah, that's in the last scary. two weeks. But that's cool. It's cool. That, that, that could potentially be sustainable. I mean, you look back at his career, he's had seasons where he's shot right around 35, 36% from three. He's been really good. He's been in a groove. And he's playing like we're, and we're, it's great that we're, he's in the groove. And also, we're having the balance of minutes that we want. 30 minutes for Ferguson. And Ferguson probably would have had more had he not fouled out. And I guess you could say the same for Schroeder. But the 30 to, you know, 30 to 20, like that's the balance that you want with those two. Yeah, And I think that that's going to be a trend that we'll continue to see that Ferguson has really made himself. He's a, he's a more valuable player to this team uh, that can play with more lineups and that you can trust to defend one of the best players on the opposing team where Schroeder, he's going to get targeted at the end of games, even by a team like the Orlando magic, they were going to try to get Terrence Ross on him or something like that. Um, so I think it's super important that, Juan Schroeder is super comfortable in the role that he's in, uh, and he's not playing as many minutes as he probably expected to. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like Ferguson is like the litmus test. Uh, we've talked about this before, but he was like the smart NBA guy for OKC. <laughs> yeah. Man, because I, w- I listened to Dunked On, Andrew. Oh, no. Okay. I, I usually you don't. Caved. I know. I caved because they do their trade mock deadline, you know? Yeah. And I usually like that, I like listening to it. And they were suggesting that OKC should go get uh, Shumpert to start him over Terrence Ferguson. What the? I mean, With the idea that Ferguson's defense is they like they didn't act like his defense was a huge asset. Yeah, cool. And Great that was my litmus test. Guys. I was like, oh, you guys aren't aren't smart NBA guys anymore. I mean, I know the, that. I mean, here's the thing, and like no one can watch everybody. I know no one can, but when you sit and act like you do, that's why I don't want, that's why I don't listen to them anymore. It's because they act like they watch every single minute of every game. It's like, no, you just, 
and they proved it right there that you want to get Shumpert to replace Terrence Ferguson. Like that is such a joke. That right. is a joke. So Terrence Ferguson, who you who you guessed, he is shooting forty three point nine percent from three over these last nine games. Uh, who else would you guess in the top five? Um, the easy one, Paul George. Paul George shooting forty nine percent over these last nine games. Someone who you might not expect is shooting forty eight percent. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy Grant shooting forty eight percent. He had that kind of lull in the middle of the season. Yeah. But he's doing amazing again. And then rounding out the top five, the guy we all love, two Pat, shooting 42.9%. Man, um, that's a, uh, I don't, I mean, it's awesome that like all these guys are reaching their potential and beyond from three. And a lot of it is, and people, I'm sure some people don't want to hear this. A lot of it's that Russell is just orchestrating the offense really well right now. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> he's, he's delivering the ball. Um, on time and in the perfect spot. And I think this, this team has great chemistry as we, as we head into the trade deadline, like this, this team is playing really well. And I do think that they could stand to upgrade a couple spots. Uh, but also, I don't know that you want to mess with the chemistry that they have too much. Wow. Andrew, you just led me right in to my next stat talking about Russ running the offense over the last nine games, potential assists, Potential, not real ones. Potential, leading the league, 21.1 potential assists per game. Now, if you look at across the league, who would you guess would be the second place? You, you might not guess this, but of guys who have played like eight or nine games over that span. Say it again. I'm sorry. Jay, oh, who Jay, would you- Jay was just texting me something weird and it threw me off. Okay. Oh, what up, Jay? <laughs> uh, who would you guess in the last nine games has been second in potential assists? Oh. So Russ is at 21.1. I will tell you that second place is at 15.1. That's how better Russ has been than like the average person. Paul? Trey? No, sorry. This was league-wide. Oh. <laughs> Answer is Trey Young. Oh, Trey Young. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. He's been good. But yeah. He's been really Russell good Westbrook, 14 or more assists in six of their last seven games. He's averaging 12.9 during this stretch, during these nine games. Mm-hmm. I checked his total assists. They're up to 500 even. Wow. That's cool. That now, cool. listen to this. If he averaged 12.9 assists, I did some math. And please, please, nobody go check me. <laughs> if, if, if he averages 12.9 assists per game over the final 37 games, Russ could finish the year averaging 11.9 assists. So he's, he could be really close to 12, which that would get him into the top 18 assist seasons of all time. And I just did that as a random cutoff because like John Stockton is eight of the top 18 assist seasons. Magic <laughs> Johnson is seven of the top 18 assist seasons. So those wow. two guys account for 15 of those spots. And Russ could actually jump magic for one of those spots. Wow. And the other three guys who are in the top 18, I don't know if you would ever guess these, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Johnson, and Kevin Porter. Yeah, I would have not guessed Kevin Porter. Yeah, those are the big the big other assist guys. But yeah, Russ has just been having, well, he's been having his best passing season of his career. Yeah. I think that's obvious. I mean, you could just look at his assist per game and kind of know that. Um, but it really has been, it's weird to say that he's playing some of his best basketball that we've seen. Yeah. And I'm talking about ever, 
because he still shooting poorly from the line. Um, he actually has cut down on his like really bad threes. I feel like at least during this stretch, um, he's still having a lot of turnovers, but his passing is better than I've ever seen it. Yeah. And that gets you really excited about the future. And we've talked about that before, like his contract going forward, this version of Westbrook would just be incredible. And he's having more and more of these games as we go further into the season. Yeah. And I, you're right about the future because a lot of people are in this like oh russell's losing his athleticism and he's just not a good player anymore look at this bad contract the thunder have moving forward so one like the thunder don't care about his contract like they want him to play out this contract on the thunder they're not like looking to get rid of him or looking to offload it because i think like when those contracts become like super bad is when they're trying, you're trying to offload it and no one will take it and you have to pay someone to take it. Well, the Thunder, that will never happen with this team. Even if Russell gets injured, like they're not going to do that. Um, and he's, he's showing that he's very adaptable and that he is, has learned how to play with Paul George. Paul George, I think, has taken the place as like the best player and the best offensive player on the team. And, that's a huge deal that's a huge deal as we head into like this is the first of this three-year run uh that the thunder are going to have and it could be longer than that like we don't know but i think we have three guaranteed years and um you know it's a it's a big deal and also you look at the clutch usage rate usage percentage paul george has a higher clutch usage percentage than russell westbrook which is just something that maybe people thought would never happen in the lifetime of a Russell Westbrook, Paul George uh, team. And it, well, it's happening. Andrew, you just led me right into my next stat. Wow. This is, this is really good. You, <laughs> you can't, you can't see these, but you're doing great. Uh, you mentioned clutch usage, but overall usage percentage in general, Paul George has been number one during these nine games, just in general, like throughout the entire game at 30.1%. Westbrook's obviously number two, 27.6%. And obviously the guy we all love, TLC is number three at 25%. (laughs) (laughs) He's been really getting out there for us. But yeah, just the fact that Paul George, that someone non Westbrook has the highest usage percentage and it's deserved too. I mean, obviously Paul's been amazing. Yeah. Um, But who thought that who would think that we would ever see that? on an OKC Thunder team yeah. after after KD left. Right. I Especially after his MVP season. You're like, well, here's new Russ, you know. And, yeah. And he was awesome. And now, I mean, it's there's just so many narratives about Russell Westbrook that are just false out there. There's just so many. And for whatever reason, like, he's easy to hate. And he hates Barry Trammell so much. Did you, did you see the press conference from last night? No, what happened? Barry just like tries to ask him a simple question about Terrence Ferguson shooting well, and he just next questions him. And so Barry then just steps up to the plate and tries to hit a home run and asks him what he thought about Kevin Durant coming back for Nick Collison's jersey retirement. <laughs> it was so funny. And he obviously just next questions him again. Uh, but I just love that Barry <laughs> got a next question on a very, like, just... And a lot of times people will do this. They'll ask questions to other players to like, here, here's a chance to compliment a player on your team, you know, right. random thunder guy. And that's all Barry was really doing. And so then he just like, well, if he's going to do that to me, let me go all in and see what I can get from him. Oh, it's so funny. 
Were you you were there? No, you were at the game last no, time? I wasn't there. I saw the video. Oh, okay. I'll be there Thursday. I think Thursday could be interesting, not from a basketball standpoint, but just from a a league wide trade scenario standpoint, just to be around some people in the league and whatnot. I think this trade deadline is obviously way more interesting than anyone thought it would be because we've already had Porzingis and Tobias Harris traded. And uh, right before we get into that, from the Thunder's perspective, how relaxing is it knowing that all of these teams are freeing up all this max space and they can't take Paul George? Right. There's no way they can get him. Or, or Steven Adams or even Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like Russell Westbrook was a free agent and there were questions on if he wanted to stay in OKC this summer. Someone's giving him a max contract like that would happen. Yeah, I mean, compare what we're going through right now, which is great, to like Raptors fans. Like yeah. Raptors are having this great season. They got the, they got the future superstar Pascal Siakam, <laughs> um, but they have Kawhi, and now the Clippers have opened one max slot and could potentially open two. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like, well, what are we going to do? Like th- this is like their most their best team probably the last couple of years. They're probably going to make a playoff run, but ultimately, is it going to matter? That's so sad. And I'm so glad I'm not in that position. Well, and it could end up shaping some Anthony Davis trades if Kawhi stays in Toronto. Because yeah. you have two guys that said they want to go to a certain location and then they go somewhere random and then that team is you know able to convince them to stay. Like that's to me like it would be a big deal that we might have some strange team step up and say, "Yeah, we'll We'll trade for Anthony Davis. We'll trade all these assets for Anthony Davis. Um, um, you want to get into the the trade season, the the scuttlebutt? Well, the the scuttlebutt around town here is that the mule is a great place to go oh! eat lunch. That was much better than your one last week. <laughs> much better. Uh, you got to go down to the mule. It's it has just been. Two, we're gonna have I think two kind of gross days in a row here in OKC. Uh, and it's cold and kind of misty and it's foggy. I mean, it's a great day to go get yourself a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. I'm just telling you, it's a perfect day. You've got to go down to the mule. It's at 16th and Blackwell there. They have a lot of super creative sandwiches. They're all very fresh. The ingredients are all fresh. Uh, and it's all delicious. I love the BCLT. It's their plan of BLT, but it has cheese on it. Their fried cheese curds are a great appetizer. Their French fries are great. Their onion rings are great. Their seasonal side is always super delicious, so ask for that. And they have a great beer and cocktail selection as well. Tons of local breweries um, are available at the Mule. So if you're looking for a place to maybe hang out and watch the game Thursday night uh, against the Grizzlies or look for a place to kind of like break down the trade deadline with some buddies, you can go grab a drink and go grab some good food at the Mule uh, this Thursday, uh, support the people that support down to dunk and go eat at the mule. Uh, I wasn't, right. I was going to break down the thunders overall numbers. Oh yeah. Like they're 13th in offensive rating. They're up over 110 points per 100 possessions on the season, which is pretty impressive, uh, compared to where they were. Cause they were, I mean, they were in like the mid twenties at one point in the season. It just felt like, ah, oh, this is just not a very good offensive team. Well, they've been a, super good offensive team uh you know in the last month month and a half and then they're still they're fourth in defensive rating at a 105.1 uh 
net rating is a 5.0. Uh, they're actually tied with Toronto in net rating right now. They're, mm. they're fifth. Uh, so like this, this is a, a really good Thunder team, and you people are a lot of people are worried about the defense right now, which is I, I think that you're justified and you're concerned. But we've seen this team lock in on that end. And I think I almost feel a little bit more encouraged that they can be this kind of offensive team because I think when they do play good teams and when they do head into the playoffs, like they're going to have confidence that they can do it on both ends because nothing has changed. Like no one's injured. There's not anything super weird. I think that they're just, this is a team in early February that is looking forward to the all-star break and they're, it'll be here soon. And they'll, I just think that they'll get all the defensive stuff straightened out. I really don't think that that just goes away. I think the offensive stuff can go away. I think this three-point shooting will go away at some point. Uh, but at least I know they're capable of doing it. And I think that they're still a capable defensive team when they want to be. Yeah, as long as we're just seeing flashes of it over these next couple of weeks, I won't freak out. Yeah, they turned the game Otherwise, last night because of that. Because they yeah. just decided to engage. And they have so many games coming up where they're going to have to play good defense. I mean, Saturday is at Houston. Yeah. Then next Monday is Portland at home. Then next Friday is against the Jazz at home. And then Sacramento at home on a mm-hmm. back-to-back at home. Then they got Denver, then Philly, then San Antonio. There's a ton of good teams coming up. Yeah. And Philly is super interesting. Oh! Yeah. You let us right into it. <laughs> um they traded for Tobias Harris. Let me, do you have it pulled up? The, I do. Okay. Read it. Read it. Uh, so Philly sent Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, two first round picks, one of which is their own. And the other one was that 2021 Miami pick that mm-hmm. they got in the Zaire Smith trade. And then also two second round picks. And they got back Tobias Harris, Boban, and there might've been one other thing. Uh, Mike Scott. But those, Oh, Mike Scott. Yeah. Oh, I like Mike Scott. He was your NBA smart take for the Clippers preseason. <laughs> yeah, he can play center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the the real headline is that they kept Bobby and Toby together. I think. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's that's a big deal. Also, like Marjanovic, that's a nice backup center to have, uh, especially for the Sixers team that doesn't really have a good backup center. So yeah, especially in a trade where they basically strip their depth away. Yeah to get back something that's actually usable yeah. um, that they honestly didn't have prior to that. I mean, um, did they strip their depth away? Well, like, Muscala's I mean, Landry not- Sh- Shamet had been, I think it's Shamet. Shamet. I think it is. Shamet. Maybe. He had been way more important than he probably should yes. have been. He was, he was super good for them, but you think, I mean, Tobias Harris is going to eat up a ton of minutes. That's true. And will like, quote unquote, like kind of take that spot. And I think Mike Scott will play for them. Um, he's like how much better is Wilson Chandler than Mike Scott? Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. They both kind of look similar. So maybe yes. no one will even notice. And Wilson Chandler is more of a theoretical one because he, he really hasn't been that good the entire season. No, it, He just felt like an important piece of their depth, but I guess he really wasn't. Um, yeah. So they're starting five Philly starting five. Now Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is. And they finally get some more shooting. Yeah, they need more shooting badly. Uh, 
if they can gel and they don't have much time, but if they can figure it out quickly, I mean, that team could win the East, couldn't they? They could. On the flip side, if something went wrong, they now have two unrestricted free agents this summer. Yeah. In a summer that we've talked about already, that a ton of teams are going to have at least one max spot, and some teams are going to have two max spots. Right. So it is risky. It is risky. And they did give up a lot as far as draft picks. Right. Get. Like, if Tobias Harris is a rental, and if he turns out to be a rental, then this is a really, really bad trade. Uh, but if he stays, then yeah, I mean, like that's okay. Uh, you know, they have a few months to kind of sell them on their culture and on playing with Ben Simmons and Joel, and you can kind of figure that out. You know, uh, Woj has reported that they're going to keep, they're going to do their best to keep everybody. Uh, so it's it's an interesting play for them because it's kind of their last. This is kind of their last big deal they can make. They didn't include Zaire Smith. I'm not sure what Zaire Smith could get you on the market. Probably not much at this point. Uh, and then obviously they didn't include Markel Fultz either uh, in the trade. Uh, but Markel probably just has zero value. Hey, let's uh, let's revisit our would you trade uh, Hamadou Diallo for Markel Fultz trade that we talked about earlier in the season? Would you would you do that today? Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I would now. <laughs> it it seems dumb because right before I, the dunk contest. I, well, okay, fine. You, <laughs> you didn't add that little nugget. You traitor! He could win um, the dunk contest in a Sixers uniform. You just, I would just feel so. It feels so gross. I did forget about that, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I'm at this point. I feel like our depth is kind of set, and so. I've, I'm still, I feel something about Markel Fultz. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to call it optimism, but there's still something inside me excited about Markel Fultz. Yeah. He still has that name recognition. He does. They could get something better though. I, I, and you say, could well, they? no, I know you're about to say that, but what if like a Garrett Temple <laughs> oh my or, gosh. or a I'm, Terrence Ross, like in terms of depth, oh. Don't yeah. you think they could get something like that? Yeah, Nate Duncan, they probably could. Yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> um, a temple. What? He'd be a great little depth piece for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he might be. But if you're I mean, I think Diallo's gonna be good. I think he's I think he's gonna be a good player. And you don't think Markel Fultz is? Dude, <laughs> I don't I don't trust that situation at all. Like mm, if anybody yeah. wants that that situation to work, it's Philly. Because of how bad things have looked for them, like how desperately have they probably been trying to make this work? Yeah, and and we still know nothing. Nothing. I mean, the last thing we heard was the thoracic outlet syndrome and Yeah. He was getting treated for that and that was like 2 months ago. They put a timeline on it that expired like 3 weeks ago. I mean, it's it's weird. It's maybe he does need another team, but he's not going to play for the Thunder. No, no, he wouldn't play. So I just don't know why you would. Want, I I would rather develop a wing that's cheap than like Marco Fultz isn't cheap. He's the one. That pick. is true. You would have to trade something else, right? Yeah, I mean, you could like theoretically trade them. 
Diallo for like a second rounder and then you could absorb um, Markel into the trade exception. It's like how you mm. can you could do it in two separate deals. Um, but man, I you could I mean you would probably swap second rounders is what you do because you do have to give something back in a trade. But man, I just I don't know. Like he's he's not cheap. He he's not playing. And for a team that needs, it's not like like Philly is one of the shallowest teams in the league because they've made so many trades recently, and they could use a guy that could play, and he can't, and that that just scares the crap out of me. At least we know that Diallo can play. You know, he came, he's he started last week and played pretty well and played minutes the other night too. Like he's like he's a guy that I think can can be a player in the NBA. I just, Markel has really just not proven that over the course of his career. And it's, it's kind of terrifying. Do you think Markel will be on the Sixers on Thursday? (sighs) I think that they would probably like to trade him. Uh, But what are you going to get? I just don't think you can get much. I mean, maybe, maybe Uh, Memphis would do that because like Memphis is probably going to deal Mike Conley and Marcus all this week. Right. So, like, what the heck? Let's let's give Markel Fultz a try and give him, you know, like nobody watches Grizzlies, so <laughs> and I don't know where their fan base is going to go. Maybe they do have a strong fan base, but like, what's like, what does anybody care if Markel Fultz is terrible in Memphis? You know, so there's a probably there's a ton less pressure on him in Memphis. So may, maybe there could be some potential there, but uh, for OKC, like, I just don't see the I don't see the upside with with him i just don't where does he play i just don't think he does um plays for the blue so the clippers now have 57 million in cap space but if they can somehow get rid of gallo's deal which only runs through next season yeah they could get to 79 million yeah that's crazy how can you i just how do you get rid of gallo's deal i guess expiring contracts yeah, I just don't know who's going to want to pay him twenty two point six million next season. Uh, what about the Sacramento Kings? Hmm. They might. They might do that. And he because would be I was super looking awesome on that team. Actually. Yeah, he would. He's their starting power forward. They could make the playoffs. And I was actually looking at the standings this morning after this trade. Because you assume the Clippers are dropping out now. It really feels like a two-team race between the Kings and the Lakers for the last spot. It's your classic early 2000s battle between the Kings and the Lakers. (laughs) For the last spot. The Lakers, I just don't... I would pick... If I'm a betting man, I would bet on the Kings. Ooh, really? Look at what the, the... You can't do this to your team full of young guys. Every single one of them is in the news for trade rumors. That Pacers crowd was unbelievable last night. Yeah, let's talk about that game. So they lost last night in Indiana, 136-94. to The 42-point loss was the largest of LeBron's career. Yeah. And the Pacers, by the way, were on the second night of a back-to-back. They had played in New Orleans the previous night. Mm -hmm. The, The crowd that you talked about. Brandon Ingram goes to the line. They start chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. And then, and then with JaVale McGee, they start chanting, not worth trading. (laughs) Not worth 
Oh, that's so hurtful. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, what a great crowd. Uh, and then you have like the photo of LeBron sitting three seats away from Brandon Ingram on the bench and, and sitting Rondo is all the way on the other side of the coaches. Yeah. Like in a fan seat, basically. Yeah. I'm sure they're all just super pissed. And like, and I tweeted this, like, how do you put the toothpaste back in the tube if you, we get past Thursday and they don't do anything? Like, it's That's just gonna, all I've been thinking about. It's just going to be like LeBron and Reggie Bullock being friends. Because Reggie's like, I don't know. Like, I haven't been a part of this. Like, I'm on the Lakers now. Cool. And then, like, everybody else is probably just not happy because they know that they're just pawns in LeBron's little scheme to get a championship. Like, that's all all of them are. Like, every single one of those players has been in the news as a player that probably won't be playing for the Lakers at some point. All of them. It's so crazy. So LeBron has only missed the playoffs once. It was in his rookie season in Cleveland. Yeah. The Lakers are currently 500. They're 27-27. They're in the 10th spot. They're already two and a half games back of the eighth seed. Nine of their next 13 games are nationally televised, <laughs> which would be which which means if they don't trade for AD, this next like two weeks is just going to be brutal. I mean, I don't know how Luke Walton survives. He probably doesn't. And LeBron weeks. doesn't look good. Mm-mm. Like he does not look like himself. And if he if they're going to make the playoffs, he needs to be, you know, peak LeBron probably to drag this team into the playoffs. I just don't know that they have what it takes. And it would just be hilarious if the Kings made the playoffs and the Lakers did not. Like, just what a crazy story. Don't you think LeBron would, maybe not fake, but uh, overemphasize an injury if they didn't trade for AD and it actually looked like he might not make the playoffs? And shut it down? Yeah, because that would be... I mean, that would be the most embarrassing thing to ever happen in his career, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it would be weird. And also, this summer, if the Lakers don't get AD, what is plan B? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Man, LeBron for as be, much as I... LeBron for is as much as I love, uh, years old. Like, I just don't know what the plan, next plan is for them. For as much as I love LeBron, and he was a part of one of the greatest sports moments when he beat the Warriors in seven, I do kind of like this part of it too. Like, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm like a big, I'm a big LeBron fan, but I'm also the other side too. It's kind of funny when LeBron, the GM, kind of screws everything up. <laughs> I enjoy this part of it as well. Here are the Lakers' final five games of the season: mm. Oklahoma City. Ooh, they're good. Golden State. Los Angeles Clippers or the LA Clippers. They're not the Los Angeles Clippers. They're the LA Clippers. Oh, that's true. So Rebrand. Uh, Utah Jazz. And then they finish the season playing against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, good luck. Losers. They, they could lose four of five to end the season. And their upcoming schedule, they got Boston, Philly. They play Atlanta. Like Atlanta's not a pushover right now. Atlanta's playing really good basketball. And they get Houston. They get New Orleans, which could be super awkward. Uh, Memphis and New Orleans, obviously not great, but then they get Milwaukee and they have Denver still on their schedule. They got, got to play Toronto again. They got to play Milwaukee again. Uh, they get to play the Kings March 24th. That could be a huge matchup. Uh, yeah. I, that's a big I'm on a tankathon right now. Yeah. Looking at the remaining strength of schedule. Yeah. And of the relevant teams in the West, like who would actually be fighting for the playoffs, the Lakers 
are the, have the ninth hardest schedule. The Kings have the 19th. And the Kings actually, like among the teams that might actually make the playoffs in the West, have the easiest schedule going forward. Interesting. Because um, I'm, I'm counting out the Clippers now. Uh, yeah. I, I really like this tweet from Mike Prada. He had like a state of the Lakers tweet. Yeah. He just had all these different bullet points. He said, LeBron's basically a DH. Rondo plays like Bron, but 80% worse. Ingram only shows up when a play's run for him. Kuzma is hurt, cutting in others' way, and can't defend. Zubats is a backup. They miss Lonzo Zip. The others do one thing well, five things terribly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and like last night, you're heading into the trade deadline. I don't know that the Lakers play again. It's like that's your last impression of this Lakers squad. I mean, it's not good. It's it's not good. Those guys just don't have much value at this point, and I just don't know how it's going to get better. And they they play Boston Thursday night, the night God. of the trade deadline. And Boston. Meanwhile, a good ball. Meanwhile, as much as we've piled on the Lakers, they make a trade last night that actually makes a lot of sense for their team. Yeah, yeah. they trade a second round pick and Svi. Svi? That's his nickname, right? Mikhailuk? Mikhailuk? To the Pistons for Reggie Bullock, which, by the way, I hear a lot of smart NBA people specifically calling him Reggie Bullock, like really (laughs) emphasizing the lock. Is that correct? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) He's shooting 38% on 6.6 three-point attempts per game. It's pretty good. They definitely could use that. Yeah. I don't really understand why the Pistons did it. I mean, Reggie Bullock would be someone I'd love to have on the Thunder. Um, he's, and that's why I just think that this has to be a a prelude to a, another trade, right? I just can't. I um, guess I it, can't imagine that this is okay. It is Bullock. It is Bullock. Yeah. Okay. Reggie Bullock. It actually says Bull Dash Lock. Bullock. Bullock. Reggie Bullock. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. That's how it says it on basketball. How is his stuff. name harder to say than Svi's name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the difference in their salaries is a couple million because um, Svi's obviously like a, he was a second round pick last year. Mm-hmm. So he's not making a ton. Reggie Bullock's making, Bullock is making like right around five million for the rest of the year. And I think he's uh, going to be a free agent this summer. So I, I like it. He makes for, two and a half million. Reggie does? That's what that's what Basketball Reference is telling me. Oh, and I, what? Yeah, what did that do? He signed. Oh, a, well, you he signed a two year, five million dollar deal. That's what the you, total deal was. You mentioned that Memphis may have just, or I mean, Detroit may have just needed another second round pick. Yeah. for a trade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe that's it. But man, that's if all not, I can figure. That's all I can figure. Because I just read an article, by the way, on the Athletic about the Detroit Pistons making a run at Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how their owner came down at one of like their practice and was like, ah, it's all about winning. We're just trying to win here. <laughs> and I don't really see how that leads to that, but who knows? You don't see how Mike Conley helps them win. No, I'm saying if they didn't get Mike Conley, oh. which by oh, the way, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the apparent deal, this, this was the, this was from James L Edwards, the third on the athletic he suggested that it would be Reggie Jackson, a Detroit first, Luke Kennard, and who knows, maybe now a Lakers second. Which that doesn't like, get me too excited if I'm Memphis, but I guess if that's... W- would you rather have a deal like that or a deal like Ricky Rubio 
a first and then like Exum and whatever they have to throw in to make it work. Well, from I, I heard that it's not that they won't include Exum, that it's expiring oh, contracts okay. and a first round pick from you. So just Rubio first and ex- other expirings and probably favors, I guess. Hmm. Uh, I'd rather try out Luke Kennard. I liked him in the draft. Yeah, I guess so. And, if you're not getting X, and, and the first round pick is going to be a better pick from Detroit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Detroit, even if they got Mike Conley, that's no guarantee that they're making the playoffs. They're right. still way dysfunctional. So who? How much does Reggie have left? He has this year and next year. He makes like eighteen million next year. Oof. That's bad money. Yeah, I guess it's just. I mean, I, uh, that's that's where it comes into ownership. I would rather have the Detroit deal just because I think that you can, I'd rather have Detroit's pick and I would rather have Luke Kennard as well. Uh, and if you have that, to deal with Reggie for, you know, two years, that's fine. That'd be pretty amazing if Detroit could come out of this with their assets. Cause they do not have very many assets mm-hmm. with, with Mike Conley. Cause honestly, just to get rid of Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Replace him with anyone. That'd be great. <laughs> But to replace him with Mike Conley. And who knows? Maybe then Mike Conley could finally make an all-star game next year. He could. In the Eastern Conference. He definitely could. D'Angelo Russell made the all-star team. Yeah, he did. So I, I think that we could give Mike Conley a spot too. Um, I have some other trade, some random trade notes that I hadn't seen talked about. Also, I, uh, I want to address that I really don't want the Jazz to get Mike Conley too, so that's also why I choose the Detroit, Detroit package. <laughs> I really don't want that to happen. Mm, some ulterior motives for you. You know uh, what I mean, though. Yeah, I no, was, I yeah, I'm I'm terrified of the Jazz. That makes them a I, lot better. I do not want to play the Jazz again in the playoffs. I would be. It would be miserable until the Thunder won. We I should think the Thunder would beat them this season, but I would. But still, you're just like, oh my gosh, not again, please. It was like playing Memphis back in like the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook days. It's like, no, not again. Why do we have to yeah. play this team? Yeah, right now they're they're slated to play the six seed Spurs, which I would be fine with. I don't. Yeah. I'm not really scared of the Spurs. No. I would prefer the Spurs over the Jazz. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Jason Lloyd of the Athletic, another Athletic article I read, reported that Cleveland is in talks with Houston to send Alec Burks to the Rockets in exchange for Brandon Knight and Houston's first round pick this year. That was one I just hadn't heard yet. Huh? That's kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about giving up a first for Alec Burks, but I guess you're also getting off of Brandon Knight's money. That's a year of Um, of Brandon Knight's money that you, that you lose. That was the grossest trade I've heard. But for Cleveland, remember that the way they got Burks was they traded Kyle Korver to Utah and they got two seconds yeah. in that trade. So if they turned Kyle Corver into two seconds and a first, that would be pretty wild. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty good for them. That's pretty darn good. And yeah. there, and there was this quote in the article, which I just don't remember this, but Jason Lloyd said the fact Knight is now a potential trade target brings this full circle. The great public debate and even privately within the organization at the time was whether the Cavs should take Kyrie Irving number one overall in 2011 or whether they should take Derek Williams first and come back to take Knight fourth as the point guard of the future. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do remember that. 
People love Derek Williams, especially Chad. Bill Ford. Simmons, Chad Ford, and Bill Simmons loved Derek Williams. Uh, they did, and he's he been shot out of like, the league for how long? <laughs> he shot like fifty percent from three that year. Yeah, uh, at Arizona. That's I forgot. Crazy. I forgot about him. I just com- vanished. Completely forgot about Derek Williams. I. In most cases, you just don't want to be picking number two. Number two, I, there's not been a ton of guys <laughs> that were selected with the second pick that are great outside oh, of KD. He played two games for the Lakers last year. Last he's season, on, he, he did. He's still only 26. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that did not that did not work out. Who? What now, year was that draft? Uh, that was the 2011 draft. Huh. I don't remember much else from that. Derek, Derek Williams. Okay. You can go on. Sorry. Um, I was just seeing, oh yeah, that was a Minnesota pick. Oh, that was, that was a weird draft. So you had Kyrie, then Derek Williams and his canter was third. Oh. Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesely, Bismack Biombo, Brandon Knight. Then you get to Kemba Walker, oh, then Jimmer, this, then Clay. Yeah, this is the Clay Thompson. The Morris twins are in there. Kawhi was fifteenth. Oh, oh, Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris. Yeah, Donatus Montehunis. Oh, I Monte love Hunis. that guy. Oh, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Reed. Reggie. Man, I thought Kenneth Reed was way older. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Wow, that was a good. Oh, but. Oh wait, no! That oh, one of the bone dongs. Yeah, the, Kyle Singler. <laughs> well, this is a great draft. <laughs> this is a great draft. Chandler Parsons, thirty-eight. Wow, uh, interesting. And that's where oh, like Isaiah Thomas, last pick. That was that one. Oh yeah, that was the, a fun draft. Yeah, and I think like people talk about like this is this year's a weak draft. You just never know what happens in the latter half of these weak drafts. Like sometimes these guys develop into players that you just have no idea. Like Tobias Harris at nineteen. Like nobody thought Tobias Harris out of Tennessee was gonna be this guy. You know, I mean it's just you just don't know. Jimmy Butler was picked thirtieth. I mean you just don't you don't know. And that's why people are like, Yeah, just give away the first round pick this year. It's a crappy draft. And you know, in in that draft, like people took Tristan Thompson, Ennis Cantor, and Derek Williams, and Jan Vesely, and Bismack Biombo before, you know, Clay Thompson. Like, people just don't know. That's where I'm just, like, with the draft, when people declare stuff about the draft and say, yeah, whatever, just throw away the pick. You don't know. You don't know what's there. Like, no, nobody, obviously no one really knew what was there in this draft. And so I just, that's where I'm just like, I don't, I'm not ready. I, I just don't love that when people just declare like, yeah, it's a crappy draft. There's one good player in it, and that's going to be it. It's like, yeah, probably not. There's going to be some guys that people don't think are going to work out. They're going to be good players. And so you right. just don't want to just give those draft picks away. You want to give that draft pick away for a team in Houston that is desperate for depth so that you can have Alec Burks for this season, who like is obviously an upgrade, but w- I just don't think this Houston team is going anywhere. Like, I just wouldn't, I just, I don't know. They just, that Brandon Knight deal is just really bad. And maybe that's, maybe that's an ownership push where it's like, yeah, we can't spend this money on this team next year. You cannot have all this dead weight there. And that, in that case, like you just don't have a choice, but, um, I just wouldn't be giving away first round picks for, for a guy that's not going to impact your season very much. Yeah. It's weird. (sighs) 
I, th- I think it, I was listening to the tr- mock trade deadline and they were talking about how like first round picks don't matter to a team like the Lakers. And they're like, just give them all four of your first round picks. And you, I guess you can give up to eight picks in a trade. But like outside of LeBron, the Lakers haven't signed anyone to their team in no. like half decade, probably even longer than that. The whole reason they're in the position they are right now is because they had those picks and they've been really good at drafting players at the end of first rounds. Like they got Kuzma and they got Josh Hart. Um, they got uh, Zubats. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I get that it's different because we're talking about Anthony Davis, but I, I agree with you that I feel like people, for whatever reason, are just becoming a little more like loosey-goosey with their first-round picks. Like, they don't care about them anymore. Yeah, it's strange. I feel like the the super smart people of the NBA basketball world have gone from, like, overvaluing first-round picks, maybe undervaluing them. I don't know. I don't even know where we're at right now with first-round picks, but it does seem weird that people are just wanting to just give them away for uh, little bit pieces. Okay, Alex, before we go, I need to know an official prediction on what you think the Thunder are going to do before the trade deadline. Who the Thunder. Well, I had had my previous prediction, which was that uh, they weren't going to make any trades. That kind of went up in smoke, although I feel kind of like I was jobbed on that one because they ended up trading TLC for a protected second. Doesn't really feel like I should have lost that. So I'm just still I'm going to ignore that trade and go with my gut, which is that they don't do anything. They're going to stand pat. What about you, Andrew? I think this one is particularly tough. This trade deadline for OKC. I have thought for about a week that I don't think they were going to do anything, that they're going to wait for the buyout market. Uh, but I think that teams probably have a pretty good idea of if the Knicks are going to bat Wes Matthews and what he wants to do. And so I would guess he won't sign with the Thunder. That would be my official prediction. And so I do think the Thunder are going to try to upgrade the backup forward slash wing spot. I don't think that you can play Nader in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think Abrinas is going to be ready. I just don't. I just he hasn't really given much indication that he uh, is going to be ready to play. You know, even ten minutes in the playoffs and be trusted on the defensive end. So I just don't know that they can play him. And I'm growing a little pessimistic on Robertson moving forward. And so I would guess that they are going to make some kind of move to upgrade that spot what they're going to use to do that i mean i could see them use obviously they would love to use alex abrinas's contract uh patrick patterson's contract i think that they would probably be willing to talk talk about dre and a deal that would be impactful to the thunder uh we've seen the names like torian prince being included in deals we've seen alec burks being a guy and burks would be super interesting uh, if they didn't have to include a first round pick uh, to get him, if they could do a second to get him, if they could trade Dre for him and be able to wipe that money off the books, move forward and maybe not even bring back Burks. But he's a guy that I think you can play some backup wing minutes. Um, I don't know that I would want to do that for Andre, but I do think that it does help if ownership is looking to shed some salary uh, so that maybe they could use that mellow trade exception this summer. Uh, they may want to shed $10 million, and that's the one way to do it. And you can make it worth the Cleveland's time by giving them a second-round pick or something like that. I wouldn't give up a lot to get Alec Burks, though. But I do think the Thunder uh, have interest in wings throughout the league, 
and I would I would guess that they're going to make some kind of minor move. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow Alex at Al Baby Cakes. He's a great follow. I want to give a little update on Ava, um, little girl with a plastic anemia. She she's been struggling. To be honest, it's been it's been tough uh, the last few weeks. Uh, they still need your support financially. So if you haven't given and you have the means to, please go donate to her. Uh, it's GoFundMe. Search for. Ava's faith through a plastic anemia. If you just search Ava's faith through, you can find it. They need to raise $10,000 and it's not just like, Oh, we've made 5,000. We'd like to have 5,000 more. No, like it's there. It's a very specific number. Uh, I think that the down to dunk community overwhelmed them with the contributions that they made, uh, with that you guys made through all this. And so I, I, they do need to reach 10,000. And so they're not that far from it. If you do have the means to do that, that would be wonderful. Uh, also, an extremely practical way. If you live in the OKC metro area, here's an extremely practical way that you can help her. Uh, there's a blood drive for her on Sunday. Uh, it's at Matt Trotters, which is on kind of the north side of Oklahoma City. You can search just Matt Trotters and you'll find it. Uh, they're doing a blood drive for her from 12.30 to 4.30, I believe. Uh, and I will be there at Matt Trotter's. I might be doing some kind of like live Thunder Q&A thing while I'm there on YouTube or something of that nature to kind of raise awareness. And so you guys can, if you're coming, you can come on, you can be on the show. Come hang out with me. Come see. <clears throat> I'd love to meet you guys. I'd love to see who has helped and who would like to help Ava. Um, in a very practical way. So even if you don't have the same blood type as Ava, you can donate in her name, which is what everybody will be doing. And the blood, she's fully dependent on donor blood right now. And so if you donate in her name, her parents get that for free. So that any donation that is made will help them financially as well. So it's an extremely practical way <clears throat> to help Ava and the Wood family. So if you could do that, I'll be there again. It's this Sunday. It's from 12.30 to 4.30 at Matt Trotters. And I'll post something on my Twitter account about it as well. So please do that. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you get a chance. We will have a podcast for you Friday morning, obviously, because we always do. But trade deadline stuff. If something big happens, I'll hop on YouTube and we'll do a little discussion. If it's a smaller one, we'll wait till the morning. So uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again Friday morning for sure. And hopefully I will see some of you uh, Sunday afternoon to help out. Ava. <laughs>